to Fish Nerds Podcast. It's the latest about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Dave Kellum. And I'm Clay Groves. Together we talk about fishy stuff that's happened to us, people we know, and other fish nerds we've seen. Anything is fair game. It's a good bet Dave will pass out from exhaustion tonight due to his marathon day hunt. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. We will see. Uh, we have steaming heaps mm. of stuff to talk about. In case about you don't today. know, steaming heap, heap is a metric measurement. So, we can't tell you what standards sound like on the air. So, bump da ba Clay passed the Go test. Go me! Go him. Uh, Dave's big day out. I just came off of a uh, seven hour, well, seven hours of fishing. Um, and it, let me see, uh, seven hours, 11 hours total. So good day. Um, it's a big day. We also have Stump the Fish Nerds. And uh, we have Scott... Uh, has a question that he's going to ask, and Dominic, Nick, is going to answer it. And we have other questions, too, that we're calling. So. Yeah, so we got lots, lots going on. And then there's, of course, Fish in the News, mm. and This Week in Fish Nerd Nation, along with uh, some interesting news about our podcast. Exciting. And, and other, we're now multimedia. Whoa. So, lots of lots and lots of we're stuff gonna to talk about. going to be heavy rotation. <laughs> but the boating test oh, I can't tell you First of all If you didn't listen to last week's podcast That's fine <laughs> in, in, a, in a very quick recap of last week's podcast uh, Two weeks ago now I took the New Hampshire commercial boating exam Now in order to, to take To get paid to take people on, on a fishing boat fishing You have to have a commercial Boater's license, which it, incidentally there's no class for. Like to drive a boat, you need to take a class and get a boating <laughs> license. But for a commercial to do it for money, you don't right. need to take a class; just take a test. Just take a test, right. okay? Because right, I guess they figure you're insured. So <laughs> <laughs> foolish, foolish assumption. <laughs> so I I took the test two weeks ago. I went in there super confident and bombed out on it. Did not pass. Yes, it was. It was. I I enjoyed it. Great. You know, you're not alone. My wife, gosh, she's <laughs> was relentless about it. So, <laughs> That's awesome. yeah. So I essentially this past week spent the entire week, mostly, but mostly the night before the test, memorizing the entire book. Oh, right. and, you know, I made flashcards and took the practice exams online and just memorized the entire book, and then. On, on Friday morning, I took the test, and I win. I was the first one. Yay! First of all, I was the first one done the test, which I'm always very proud of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I only okay, got five so. wrong. Uh, so you're allowed to get like 17 wrong or something. So Nuts. Yeah, and I still suspect the five I got wrong were not my fault, but were the test's fault. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, now, were you, were you still the oldest dude in the class? No, that, that class was full of like all kinds of people. Because it wasn't ah. done at a summer camp, it was at the, it was at the headquarters of the Marine Patrol in Guilford, New Hampshire, and it was very funny because I was parking, and I got yelled at by three different people while parking my truck, to move my <laughs> truck, because the in Guilford, New Hampshire, it's right on Lake Wimpasaki, the parking area where the where the Marine Patrol is is for the island people. Island. There's an island right off of Marine Patrol. There, it's about uh, maybe a quarter mile. Off of the beach there, and the only way to get to people's houses is through boat, having a boat. 
Uh, so it's the okay. island people, and the island people have these reserved boating spots, or parking spots, around there. And oh, as if the island people don't have it nice. I know, but I just like I like that they're called the island people. So I I kept waiting for a boat to come <laughs> in and some like a bunch of like really like high class Massachusetts Boston type people to come off talking with their <laughs> with their New England accents, but wearing tribal clothing. So. <laughs> Really funny. Yeah. Era, era. That's a nice car you got there. You like my tribal gear? You know, just really funny. They all talk like the Kennedys. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I I passed the voting test. (laughs) Nice. Passed the voting test. That that is awesome. awesome. And then, so the next morning, I took kids out fishing. Nice. Legally. Legally. And it's funny because they gave me the keys to a boat. But I had never driven a boat. It's like twenty four foot pontoon boat. Yeah. I had never driven a boat that size before. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you, but you passed the I, test. So you there's must nothing be okay. on the test about how to drive a boat. <laughs> not one thing asked how do you drive a boat. It did not come up one time. So I had to figure out how to drive this boat, and it was like driving. Uh, it remind I had a I used to have a nineteen eighty Cutlass Supreme, this big tank of a car. That when you tried to turn, you turn the wheel, and then a few seconds yep. later, the car would kind of bounce to the right to the left where you're turning it. And it felt like driving that. So <laughs> you, you don't really drive it; you just kind of, you know, hurry. That's right. You just you turns you turn the wheel and just hope it goes where you want it to go. So really nice. fun. It was a lot of fun, and we caught fish. So huh? we win. <laughs> you, you did win. That's yeah, awesome. It was on Lake Ossipee, New Hampshire. Really fun. Oh, yeah. good. And did you catch fish? That's yeah, the, the, we totally you know, caught we... fish uh, right away. I was able to put people on fish. First, it was like a bunch of small perch. And then we motored around to a different spot, and I suggested, you know, a specific habitat. And we were catching yep. perch that were pushing one pound, lots of really, really big ones. Wow. Yeah, and if you've, and you fish that lake with me, you know the perch mostly are tiny. Right. And we, we right. found a big pocket of big ones. And then wow, later in the awesome. day, we found a bunch of smallmouth bass, so we had a really good time. Wow, that's great. By by the end of the summer, you're going to have that lake down. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Maybe. That's awesome. So anyway, but I, I think we should really talk uh, for the next 10 minutes or so about your big adventure. You had a really exciting <laughs> day out today. Uh, I, I called you this morning and you were like, I got to go. I'm hitting the road. So why don't you jump yes, in that story? Yes, <laughs> so I, I just, I got out the maps to sh- look at the fish that we haven't gotten yet. And, right, and uh, just just for those who aren't in the know, the the what Dave is talking about is we uh, two and a half years ago started a one year quest to catch and eat every kind of freshwater fish in New Hampshire, uh, and so we still have a handful of fish left. So Dave was chasing a small handful of those fish. Yes, and there's one spot that has the like has three of them that we're looking for, mm-hmm. and that is. Uh, around the like the Connecticut River watershed and the Amanusik River watershed, and uh, it, it seems like a town called Whitefield is the epicenter for some of this stuff. There's the St. John's River that flows mm-hmm. through there, and uh, fishing game has found long-nosed suckers, which we need and eat um, that we need to eat, <laughs> and then they also found red belly dace there. Northern red bellies, yep. Northern red bellies, yep, and uh, and then there was one other one they find scale. There. Fine scale yes. days, yeah. And although the biologists say, you know, we have a tough time figuring out what's a fine scale days and a northern well, red belly. Do you remember days. the difference between the two? 
I, no. no. One of their intestines is like a half a centimeter longer <laughs> than the other. I mean, it's it's that minutia, that detail, that's really the, the challenge here. So, so pretty much, if we catch a, a red belly dace or a fine scale dace, we're going to just call it both uh, because it could be. Who knows? Could be. Uh, so yeah, we'll catch two of those, and then that'll be that. So anyway, so I head up to. And that, you know, this is not a this is not an easy trip. This is a two and a half hour trip for me from Exeter up to uh, up to there. But well, for those who uh, aren't in the know of New Hampshire, Whitefield is near nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it is, although it's near Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a town? Yeah, Bethlehem is the uh, highest town above sea level on the eastern seaboard. And it's, really, and I... it's all in the population is is very heavily Hasidic Jews. I was gonna say it had a vibe, mm-hmm. and because I was driving up there and I was running out of gas, and when you run out of gas on ninety three, when you enter the white, you're you're totally screwed when you get into the white mountain. <laughs> we, area. we don't have gas up here, Dave. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> and, and so I'm watching the tank, and I'm turning off the air conditioning, you know, and I'm doing all this stuff that I can do, coasting down the hills. <laughs> um, it's it's getting rough, and then you know, so I finally see this exit to Bethlehem. Oh, great, great. So I turn and like, like it, that explains it. I actually did see a Hasidic Jew walking down the street and, uh, that's, that's kind of unusual in New Hampshire. Not, not, uh, not, not said, as unusual as you think. So I know. And uh, so they go to Bethlehem. Well, huh? doesn't that make sense? It and, does. and they all run these really great antique shops. There's some really good coffee shops up there. It, yeah, yeah. it's a really neat little town. There's a, uh, there's a cinema yep. there too. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, it's really in Bethlehem that is maybe a mile long, the whole strip in town. You've gone. So yes. it's, it's not very big. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I rolled, I rolled into the Irving gas station there, which is always great because Irving has good bathrooms. Reliably clean. Yeah. Reliably clean bathrooms. And, uh, I had, I filled up my tank and I, I had a half a gallon left. So <laughs> it was pretty close. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> but anyway, so I get up to Whitefield. And, uh, and so there's, uh, there's like one big intersection where the, the bunch of roads come together as, as well as the river and a, uh, a subway sub shop there. So I go in and I get us a, a foot long sub and then I save half the bread because I want to do dough balls for the, uh, for the, uh, long nose suck. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. Yep. So then I, uh, I just park my car there and walk down behind the, behind the place and I had my waders on and started starting working the water and um, sure enough as soon as I get there pretty much right away I catch a fish I'm thinking oh okay this is it go home we're we're done (laughs) and it's our friend the fall fish fish. that fish and that fish owns that river I know exactly the spot you fish because I've been after the same fish in the same spot and that's all I found was well, I found other fish too, but fall fish with a predominant fish in that area. There's so many of them. So many of those. And it gets, the water's real slow right there, but then it speeds up and has this like shoot of rapids that, that takes on out of town. And, uh, by the way, while I was fishing, a mink came up and almost ran across my boots. It was that close. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, he didn't care at all that I was there. I actually was thinking he was trying to point me in the right direction. I don't know. Um, you're like, what's, but, what's that little mink? 
<laughs> I can just see you like just in the heat and the long drive, the delirium from not eating enough food, talking to a mink. If only I'd eaten the whole sandwich, that mink wouldn't be so distracting. <laughs> I should have tried some of those river mushrooms. Then the mink really would have talked. <laughs> really great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, being in hot waders on an 80-degree day, that, that helps too. Um, so anyway, so man, I mean, I fish hard. I had, uh, I fished, uh, red worms, night crawlers all over the place, caught nothing but fall fish. It's funky there. There's something to happen. They have the, uh, they have the, the big, they're sort of like river feminine products. Those, those big, uh, <laughs> those big sponge things that they put out when there's an oil spill or something. Women, feminine products? I don't yes, know what you mean. <laughs> You've seen them. They're like these big river tampons. River tampons. They're these big, they're these big uh, sponge oh. things that they string string across the oh, river. You paint a terrible picture. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, it was an odd place to fish, um, and I gave up there and moved downstream a little bit. Um, and you know, I mean, I fished everything, everything. There's a there's a very sad furniture factory. That that town is sad. It's, There's something going on. Well, here's a. I I I've spent some time in that town. I know my my cousin in law used to live there and work at the Big Grand Hotel, which is all run by those big, huge uh, wind turbines. Um, it's the coldest place in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Whenever you're looking at like New Hampshire temperatures, like in the mid- middle of the winter, you'll see like Exeter where you live, it'll be like 40 degrees. Up in Conway where I live, it'll be 20. Whitefield negative 85. It's just <laughs> tremendously cold there. Just, and it just wrecks people, I think. It, it they yeah. are. I mean, the whole town seems. I mean, it seems like there's some big employers must have left. This big furniture factory. There used to be all kinds of mills in that area. So yeah, and everybody's just kind of hanging out. There's a lot of people no shirts on. Well, they were They're hot, just stumbling around. <laughs> they were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, so I poked around. I did stop some guy and ask him about. I should have recorded. I got to remember, I'm a podcaster. You're a reporter. I am a reporter. He was, he was, he had no shirt on. He he sort of looked like a shirtless uh, lawn gnome. He had a big, big long beard, white beard. He's out there with a shovel in his yard. And uh, I asked him if he'd seen, you know, if there's any good streams or. He's like, well, what are you looking for? I'm like, well, I'm looking for dates. He's like, oh, I haven't seen a day since the river was. <laughs> Jeez, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but he said, down, you know, down at the end of this road, there's a beaver. Beaver pond. Right. Go, go look there. So I went there, and uh, sure enough, I think there were days in there. And I was, uh, I was poking around. There, they wouldn't attack. They looked like a school of golden shiners, but um, I would throw a worm out there, and they would ignore the worm. So I ended up throwing the rest of my subway sandwich out at them, <laughs> and fucking uh, your sandwich across the pond. There. <laughs> And they they were pecking at the the breads, so and then I tried to make a dough ball, and put it on the number thirty two hook, and I could not get them to hook. But then I put a video camera out there to see if I can identify them to see if they were days. If they are, at least we know where they live. Right, and we, and we know they live there anyway, even without your video. But if it makes you feel better having that, <laughs> well, we don't know if they live in this particular. That's spot. true. That's true. Have you looked at the video yet? I, I did a little bit of video looking, and I can see fish. So I, I once I get it on the big screen here, I'll post it on Fish Nerd Stuff. Uh, and maybe they can tell us where they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so uh, 
But anyway, it was a big, long day of failure and running into odd people. Although, I was surprised. So I was fishing all day on bridges, and nobody stopped to talk. I thought that was strange. That is strange. I, 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 I always wearing? stop and talk. <laughs> I was wearing my red shirt. Oh, you were wearing a shirt. <laughs> That's probably You it. were overdressed. They went, oh, this guy's fancy. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> he must be. He must be an island. I was going to say, he must be a Kennedy. <laughs> er, uh, er, uh, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> it's a wicked red shirt you got there. <laughs> yep, I think it was the shirt. Had to be the shirt. Oh, I was excited because I was going to try to get some. So we have this catch them all quest. And then we have a dam quest where we're trying to fish off at dams. And I was going to kill two fish with one stone by fishing off the Burns Lake dam. Um, and Burns Lake, there were, that was weird. They were, so in, in the tradition of the Whitefield folks, there were a lot of people swimming off the boat ramp. Um, are you still there? No, I left. <laughs> I was waiting. I'm waiting for the big one. <laughs> There's really no story. Uh, but there was just lots of people swimming off the boat ramp, and uh, there was a guy who was throwing Rottweilers in the water. He was water. throwing Rottweilers? <laughs> yes. He had two Rottweilers there, and I guess he was trying to teach them to swim. He's just picking them up and throwing them. Picking them up, walking them down the dam past me. And these are like 100-pound dogs or 85-pound dogs, big dogs. Walking past me, chucking them in the lake. And not talking to me at all. It was very wow. strange. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And once again, he didn't have a shirt on. Well, I so. would expect anyone who throws Rottweilers to not be wearing a shirt. I don't care where you're from, <laughs> whether you're an island person or a regular person. Just, <laughs> if that's how you make your living. Sure. <laughs> Chucking Rottweilers. What do you do? I'm a Rottweiler tosser. <laughs> well, there's not much other industry in, in Whitefield. A lot of people don't know about the long history of Rottweiler tossing in Whitefield. <laughs> yep. Well, he he was a pro, that's for sure. Tossing Rottweiler for <laughs> nigh on to 50 years. My dad tossed Rottweilers. My granddad tossed Rottweilers. <laughs> anyway, I'm tired. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I didn't catch. I caught a lot of different What did you catch? I caught... I caught um, well, they call him Horn Pout, the ah, bullhead, and yeah. And do we have black or brown? I can. Never we have both. Well, we have brown. We have and brown. yellow. So there were we brown bullheads. Um, caught those. Caught a pesky brook trout. Ah, brooky. Yeah. yeah, it was a pretty nice one, but like a foot long. It's a big brook trout. Um, it was. It was a big brook trout. You take it. Take um, it. I. I can't remember. <laughs> the uh, whole day's a blur. The whole day is a blur. I caught a largemouth bass. I caught, like I said, a bunch of fall fish, um, but not the ones we're looking for. So anyway, that's, you know, it's a big story about nothing. A whole lot of nothing. We seem to have a, a lot, lot of, of stories about not catching fish. You know, for a couple of fish nerds, <laughs> you'd think we might actually have success once in a while. Well, it's funny. I noticed one of the comments on our on our uh, review or something said, like, these guys are like me. They don't catch any fish. And I like to eat Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Mm. Well, the problem is that we catch plenty of fish. Just not we the do. fish we want. So, like, not for you and I, looking. catching a rainbow trout or a brook trout or a largemouth bass, that's just okay. But catching a northern right. red-bellied dace, that's freaking exciting. You know, that's that's the money fish. I know. 
And yeah, so I spent all day trying to catch them. What a shame. I, I wish you. I could have come with you and caught nothing with you. But <laughs> It's always better to catch nothing with us. Yes, share the love. Share the love. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm, 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 I'm done. You're done. done Fried up, huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what will cheer you up? What? what? A nice rousing round of Stump the Fish Nerds. <laughs> Stump the Fish Stump Nerds. Stump the Fish Nerds. It'll be easy. With me. It'll be easy. And we're going to play a couple that got called in. Dave, can you read the number off while I cue these up? Yes, sure. So if you have a Fish Nerd question, you want to ask us something, we'll play your recording on the air. And we will do our best to answer it. And we know everything, so we'll get them right. 607 378 3474. That's fish. So that's six cents. That's right. 607 378 fish. So we're going to play Stump the Fish Nerds. Yay. Yay. So who's our uh, Clay? Cue the next call. I'm queuing the collar. Here we go. Okay. I have a question for you. A lot of people say that some fish taste different in the summer as it does in the winter. But would a rainbow trout taste different in the winter months through the ice or in the summer? Would a bass taste different from there? I've heard this thing, but I've never been able to uh, remember the taste enough to see if that's true. This is Steve from Bartlett. I hope you can help us out. All right, Steve from Bartlett. Bartlett, Steve. Bartlett, New Hampshire. <laughs> I was in Bartlett today. Oh, yeah, nice. I think it was in Steve's store. <laughs> I, I, I don't know for sure, but I think Steve owns uh, Andy's Bait and Tackle Shop up in Bartlett. But, oh, I would have figured Andy. Uh, but, you would think um, that. And the funny thing is Steve is in is in Alaska right now. He's not even in Bartlett. So, ah. But I don't know that that's the same Steve. So I okay, cannot can confirm. Be but, you know, that's an interesting thing because I have always thought that, but I – um. So, so the issue is, you know, do fish taste differently in the winter than in the summer? Right. And my my feeling, and I've always heard that they they're they're firmer and better in the winter. But what what do you think? Well, uh, there's I didn't do any real deep research, but I've always heard the exact same thing. So what I did was I went on a popular fishing forum called My Fish Finder this morning, and I put the mm-hmm. question out there. I asked the question just the way Steve from Bartlett did, right? And the uh, consensus is. 100% absolutely yes, they taste different. And here's the, the statement that someone named P, P dubs, uh, said. <laughs> P dubby. He says, I believe that warm water species like just bass, bluegill, crappy perch taste much better and have a firmer texture when caught through the ice. Caught in open water, especially as it warms up in summer, these fish take on a weedy, muddy flavor and a mushier texture, even when kept alive in a live well. Uh, so, that's his, and we got about five other responses that said exactly the same thing. And my favorite response was, was someone by the, a guy named Earthworm in the, from New York. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, bullhead tastes like mud in the summer, but are excellent in early spring and winter. And he's heard of old timers who will catch a catfish, uh, in the summer in a warm water, stick it in a cage in a cold stream for a little while. And then they would eat it, thinking the cold water will firm the meat up and get the muddy flavor out of them. So, uh, the common consensus is yes. I would love to see a double, a double blind study on this and to see what really, what really happens. So the consensus is yes. And people are also saying they're less wormy in the winter than they are in the summertime. Hmm. And I don't know if I buy that or not. So 
But that's what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I don't know if I buy that either. Um, it might make sense that they don't have the Wheaties taste in that there's no, not much weeds in the, in the mm-hmm. winter. Um, so there isn't a lot of plankton happening in the water. So that kind of makes well, sense. Well, there's going to be other, a lot of variables here. Yeah. There, and, you know, I think one of the biggest variables is, you know, you catch a fish in July and you put it on the bottom of the boat and it can't take long for the sun to heat that thing oh, up right. and start having it be funky. But you catch the same fish in the winter and you throw it on the ice and it's on ice and it's flash frozen, you know, in a matter of those same five minutes. So, so there you go. So you quicker, to, so it's fresher tasting because it was not rotting. <laughs> I guess that makes right. sense. <laughs> it's yeah, sad. the one exception to this, and I will defend this answer, is uh, lake trout. Defend it. Right, well, here's the thing with lake trout. Lake trout. Here's here's the best way to cook lake trout is to take your lake trout. I don't care if you caught it yeah. in the ice or in the summer. And you chop it into cubes. You roll it in bacon. You fry it, and then yeah. you peel the bacon off, and eat the bacon, and throw the lake trout in the trash. But don't bump because they always taste like mud. So <laughs> that's yeah, the lake right. trout cooking advice. So we don't know, Steve from Botlet, if we answered your question or not. <laughs> but the consensus is there is a difference, uh, and and I would bet there is some truth to it. But we haven't seen the science on that. It needs controlled studies done. So yeah, but it does make sense given how the water quality changes. It makes a lot so. of sense. But I'm sure there's a lot of other variables that play into fish flavor besides that. You know, a trout, for yeah. example. If it was stocked yesterday from a hatchery, will taste different than a trout that's been in the wild for two years because of different foods. So we don't know for sure what causes that flavor difference. So you have to be, I guess, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Right, you're welcome, <laughs> Stephen right. Bartlett. Yay. Yay. So there's one right, right there. We're going to skip ahead because we have to call someone for our next one. Oh, so okay. I don't want to keep him. He, I told him to call me 830, so <laughs> better get him on the phone. Oh, yeah. All right. So... Um, I'll, I'll start dialing. You start dialing, I will give the intro. So, uh, Scott Delebeck, one of our Facebook fans, uh, asked the fish nerds, which tide is best for catching stripers, incoming or outgoing? He heard arguments both. What are our thoughts? And so we thought we would contact our friend, Dominic Paselli, who runs an outdoor blog, uh, which I forgot the name of already, Southern New England Outdoor Oh, I forgot it. <laughs> Nature blog. And he will tell us because he knows everything about fish. He is a true fish nerd. We'll get him to tell his blog name properly, too. <laughs> it's ringing. I hear it ringing. That's exciting. Nothing's happening. Nothing. He's giving Hello? up on us. <laughs> Hi, is this Nick? This is. Hey, Nick. This is Dave and Clay, the fish nerds. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're in the middle of the podcast. We haven't said anything too embarrassing. Um, so, yeah, we're doing well. That's a good start. <laughs> so, we phoned a friend on this one because somebody gave us a stump the fish nerd that we don't know the answer to. So, uh, Clay, could you read this, the, the question? Yeah, sure. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Pretty good, Clay. Good. All right. So, this is from Scott Delebeck. He's a Facebook fan of ours. Uh, he asked the question, which tide is better for catching stripers, incoming or outgoing? I hear arguments for both. What are your thoughts? And Nick, we decided to ask you because we know from your blog, which we'll give you a chance to talk about in a minute, that you are an avid striper fisherman. You catch tons of yep. these things all year long. Uh, and so you can be the, you'd probably be the best person to ask this question to. So, 
All you right. better, you better yeah. have a good answer. <laughs> I do have a good answer, but it was almost like the answer to your question for mine last week. There's no right answer. Um, <laughs> the tide, it all depends on where you're fishing. Uh, it's almost like a chess game. If you were fishing like where a river goes into the ocean or into the bay, you would want to fish an outgoing tide. You'd want the pond that's behind there to have the current push bait into the ocean, and it makes it easy picking for the stripers. Um, if you were fishing, say, inside of a cove, you'd aim for a spot that was like a minor point inside of the cove. That would be a good high tide spot. That's that's a general idea there. Wow. Um, let's see, what else would you have? Um, inside of a river, like just say you're fishing a bridge that was tidal, you basically just want moving water. You're, if you have moving water at a place like that, or say a point in the ocean and you have a rip going by, it probably doesn't matter too much on which tide is better, as long as the water's not slack. So slack is the worst. Slack would be the worst in almost every kind of place. Yeah, you want ah. the water to be moving up or down. I would say, if I had to say, there are more spots where a dropping tide is better than a rising tide. But I would still take a rising tide that's moving over a slack tide. And where I fish... I fish beaches, I fish rocky points, I fish inside of rivers. Um, the worst tide I always have is a low tide just starting to rise. I don't have very many spots that I can fish that. Those are nights I usually stay home and or go largemouth bass fishing. Right. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had a short, nice answer for you. And I think a lot you of did times it's experimental too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's good. You know, I mean, I grew up in Indiana, so the water is always the same. Yeah. <laughs> so this <laughs> this idea of changing water, I mean, you know, I'm I'm used to going fishing when I have the time, but now this tide thing always throws in an extra factor. So it's great to hear that. Ruins everything. Yeah, it does. Um, the bigger the tide, the better, though. Like a new moon, you're gonna have a stronger tide than say a last quarter moon. So you're gonna have more water movement. The fishing is usually a lot better. I personally don't like fishing a full moon. I don't like the brightness. I've had a lot of nights where I didn't catch hardly anything. So you switch it around two weeks later and you get a new moon. Same tide, you know, 8.30 p.m. high tide. It's way better. They like the dark, dark nights. Wow. So, so, Nick, do you have your calendar all marked off with just moon phases and tides and you try to, like, <laughs> cross-reference the best times to go fishing? You want the truth? Because I yeah. start that around the middle of February and I write them all down. <laughs> I the know spring, that. Yeah. Oh, you are a true fish nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I have. It's awful. I have on like the calendars where you get the nice big blocks. I will have the tide, the high tide for the night, evening because I work during the day, so it's very useless to me. The low tide that night, and then what time the sunset and what time the moon rose. And if I can fish after sunset, before the moon rises, perfect. Wow. But yeah, I'm definitely a fish nerd, and I look forward to doing that. You know, sometime in mid February. Yeah, definitely a dork. Wow. <laughs> you're, one, you're a notch above a nerd. <laughs> or below, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> Someday, if you're real lucky, you'll, you'll be a fish geek. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we're not going to just hang up with you now because we got you on the phone. So we'll keep you here for a few minutes. Uh, okay. Now, Nick, do you want to talk a little bit about your blog and your writing things you do? Your other fish nerdy things you're up to. So we'll give you a chance um, here to, to talk about yourself. 
So you have a, you have a blog. It's called uh, Southern New England Outdoor Nature Blog. Is uh, that right? Southern, Southern uh, New England Outdoors dot blogspot dot com. And I usually we'll put a link up on our website for this. So. Oh, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. And uh, I usually just write about whatever I've done that's outdoorsy because that's my life. Uh, I went up to New Hampshire last week and fished for probably 20 hours out of the 36 I was up there. Oh. And I had a good time, and I wrote all about that on the blog. It was my first time going up there this year. And let's see, before that, I wrote about uh, six blog posts about Niagara Falls, kind of a, not a how much I love the type of thing, but useful information for anyone else who would go next. Did you fish and in Niagara? I didn't. I was with my friend Laurie. Uh-huh. And as much as I was so close, well, the Niagara River has fish. I actually put my hand in Lake Erie, but I did not get to put a line or a hook in Lake Erie. This feels so wrong. <laughs> oh, kill me. Kill me. Uh, because I know there's carp in there. I know there's, there's um, salmon and trout, and I just I couldn't do it. So what are you going to do? I, I Nothing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around and be sad until I get back to Niagara Falls, and then it was nice again. Yeah, you need to yeah. pack a collapsible fishing rod in your backpack, so you always have it. Yeah. Yeah, I should have done that. I really should have. I always you have should. them in the car. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's hopeful. And you write? do you write for um, other magazines, newspapers, besides your blog? Yeah, I wrote. Um, this year I have not written for On the Water magazine, but I've written three articles so far for The Fisherman, A, at the end of an E magazine. And I have an article coming out about catfishing. And I have an article that I have to write that should be coming out at the end of the summer about fishing for smallmouth bass from shore. Oh, sweet. Um, Yeah, I love writing. Besides fishing and hiking, it's my next favorite thing to do. I just enjoy doing it. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, I I enjoy reading your articles when you you get them out there. So uh, keep it up because it's great. Thanks, I appreciate it. I like to actually hear feedback by that because, you know, you go fishing and you have fun doing it. And it's kind of nice to help other people out, too. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And it's also really fun to boost your ego by seeing your name in print or your photo <laughs> on the cover of a magazine. I know oh, for me absolutely. it's all about ego. So, it's, yeah. <laughs> I can't uh, argue with that. I had yeah. a cover on the fisherman, not of me, but of a picture of a trout I took. And I was so proud of that picture. And, it's, you know, it's just a picture of a trout. With a cast mask in his mouth, but you're right. It does boost your ego, and I can't it, pretend it doesn't. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah. we almost never get feedback on our writing, but it, it doesn't matter. Just having it printed on the, you know, out there, yeah. Yeah, that's good feedback. It's like, wow, someone liked me enough to print that and spend the money on it. So it's good. Yeah, and you get these editors, whether I know for a newspaper for you or a magazine for me, if they like it, you know you respect these guys and they enjoy fishing and they like what you wrote. It makes mm-hmm. you feel that much better. Sure. It does. Yeah, they're not going to waste their time with anything that they don't like. I, I know, for a fact, editors can't waste their time. It's always on deadlines. So if they, they put it out there, you know they like what you wrote. And that, you're right. Ego is part of it. It's all ego. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick. Cool. Listen, yeah. we'll put a, a link up to your blog up on our Fish Nerds uh, page so people yeah. can check out your blog. And we encourage everyone to do it. And... Uh, Nick, is there anything else you want to say before we get off the phone with you? Um, let's see. I don't think I have any questions for you this week, so I think I'm all set. All right. Thanks for your expertise. We really needed it, so it's nice to have no you. No problem. If you have any Stripe uh, questions, 
I can guarantee that I'll be right some of the time. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Nick. All right, take it easy, guys. Yeah, bye. All right, see you. <laughs> All right, good. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> good, good stuff. All right, and we have one more Stump the Fish Nerd question that just came in last minute. Oh. Yeah, I know. So let me just cue this up. You ready? Uh, yes, I am ready. All right, here we go. Should start. Hi, Fish Nerds. This is Kristen from Conway, New Hampshire. Um, just a quick question for you guys. I'm just wondering what I should do with the fishing tackle that I find in the dryer. Is there a, a good place <laughs> for that? Um, I love your input. Thanks. <laughs> huh. So Kristen from Conway. Huh. Hmm. I wonder who Kristen from Conway is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's my wife. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what did you leave in your the washer? There's always like a because like, I when I go fishing, I rarely bring a tackle box. Like, like all my friends have these <laughs> giant tackle boxes. <laughs> And I like I can't imagine carrying one of those around. So I load up Ziploc bags with gear and cram them in my cargo shorts, and I go fishing. <laughs> so it's it's like a Ziploc bag full of like, you know, sinkers and hooks and that sort of thing. So, so the question she had. Let's answer the question. All right. Is what as as a uh, modern housewife? Uh, housewife. She's she's the one who has a job. I'm unemployed. So. As a modern woman, what do you do with your husband's gear you find in the dryer? And I have the answer. Oh, oh yeah, I want to hear this. careful notes on the kind of stuff he likes. And then when you have to go shopping for Father's Day or Christmas, you know exactly the gear he likes, and you go shopping for it. Oh, what a wonder, what a, what an insightful and, and empathetic it's suggestion. It's very helpful. <laughs> very helpful. <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. that's hilarious. Yeah. So, thanks, Kristen, for that call, and <laughs> yeah. we uh, welcome your call anytime. <laughs> what kind of washer do you guys have? Do you have the 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 regular kind or the front loader? Uh the regular kind. Oh, see, we got a front loader, thinking that we would be, you know, this hip, save water, you know, new mm-hmm. kind of thing. The bad thing is, is when you leave your fishing equipment in your in your cargo shorts, it comes out and it gets stuck in between the door and a gasket, and it just shreds the gasket. Oh, see, never. It's terrible. With a cheap washing machine, you never have that problem. I know you could mix concrete in one of those things, and it would be virtually. Fun. But these new, these new front ones, anything getting in between the gasket just tears it. It's, it's not. They're just not meant for anglers. <laughs> they are not. No. What a shame. So I'll make sure I remember that when Kristen says to me, hey, do you think we got to buy a new washer and dryer? I can say, well, no. (laughs) And here's why. And then she'll say something to the effect of, well, maybe you should check your pockets before. Uh, And I'll, I'll, of course, I'll agree with her because she's right. (laughs) But it won't change anything. (laughs) Because I am just that kind of guy. Yeah, I'm like steering a train. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, good advice, good yeah, advice. Stuff good the stuff. fish nerds. I'm gonna say we were 100 percent right this As time. As always, 100. percent Yep. And congratulations. And, and we please, uh, if you have questions for Stump the Fish Nerds, please call them in this week, and we will try and have a regular segment. Really enjoy doing it. It's fun. So 
All right, fish in the news. Fish news. This week's fish news comes from ABC News. Real news source. So, 400, this is the headline, 400 valuable koi fish stolen from park pond in Virginia. So, a pond and a park in Virginia, 400 stolen. But it's the way they were stolen that we uh, we appreciate. Love this. <laughs> so, two men posed as pond maintenance workers. They scooped up 400 valuable koi fish uh, from the park and are now targets of their own dragnet. I don't know what that I is. I, I, I think it means someone made a mistake writing. But the... <laughs> I just love the idea of these guys dressed up as pond maintenance guys. Like, it's, it's so Ace Ventura. Like, it's just... <laughs> well, it's also kind of Mission Impossible. Yeah. So. Oh, I bet in their heads are going, dun, 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 And they're sneaking around. Um, I bet they had clipboards. And they're like, oh, like 400 <laughs> fish. And they're checking them off as they net them out into their buckets. <laughs> well, so the story says between June 8th and June 16th, two men went into the park and at least four times scooped out fish with nets out of the pond and put them into coolers. <laughs> now, wouldn't you think people would be like, hmm, wonder why they're putting them in coolers? I just imagine, like, the park supervisor going, huh, I don't recall calling a, uh, a pond maintenance man today. <laughs> and uh, I don't recall asking him to clean my carp. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we take them out, get them dry clean, yeah. bring them back. Yeah, we're gonna uh, squeegee the scales and uh, <laughs> we'll bring them back next week. Don't you worry. <laughs> we're gonna put them in a front load washer. <laughs> um, so these these koi though, they they were trying to figure out the price, and they know if it's over two hundred bucks that that it's a that's a felony. Is it a felony or it would be a, a grand larceny? Yeah. Um. Which is a felony. It is a felony, in, yeah. In yes. So, uh, so you could show up in jail for this. Um, and the fish range from $130 to 10 bucks they find. So, 400 fish at, even at 10 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's expensive. Those are some, uh, some nice fish. <laughs> 4,000, yeah. I just, like, I, I, who knew there was a black market for koi? And, and <laughs> our, like, I, like I, I'm thinking about, like, like drug dealers and stuff. Like, I'm just trying to imagine. Koi dealers, like you got some, but like I'm like, what kind of neighborhood do koi dealers live in? <laughs> I don't know. No. They're like other koi it. houses, you know. <laughs> I I could see these guys show up, you know, with uh, the fishing waders on a thing. You, you got? Because I'm, you know, I'm looking. I got. I got. I mean, they like, try to casually pass a cooler from one guy to the next. <laughs> Or just a carp. Yeah, just a carp. Yeah. <laughs> you put this in your shirt. All right. And you got the carp looking around. You got the carp police running around after them. You know, the... the, the <laughs> People trying to flush them down the toilet when the cops... Yeah, they have these little DEA-type suits on. All these guys. Just big carp stings. So, good fun. <laughs> Fish Nerd Nation. Fish Nerd Nation this week. So, this week in Fish Nerd so for those that don't know, Fish Nerd Nation is uh, all the videos that we post from around the world that we find on YouTube. We post the best 30 seconds on fishnerds.com and put them all in a category called Fish Nerd Nation because they're all fish nerds out there. So, um, the, 
one that we really liked um, was these two guys from Britain fishing for yellow perch. These guys and are just when... so so great because they they <laughs> might, they might have picked the coldest night of the year to go out car, uh, perch fishing, <laughs> and they had such a tremendous. They're so excited about it, and like for for I, for me and, and I don't know for most of the world, catching perch is like. Doesn't get any easier than that. Just, just perch fishing. But these guys are serious, <laughs> serious perch anglers. So. Well, the neatest thing is we we posted their recipe for uh, the chum that they <laughs> who chums for perch. <laughs> <laughs> these guys do with an amazing array of like materials. So they're chopping up worms and they're chopping up. Shrimp. Well, they have compost. They have worms. They have chopped shrimp. They have brine extract. They have. Ground red maggots, live red maggots, and all kinds of other work, worm castings and stuff. And they mix them all together by hand, like their bare hands. That's And then they chuck this stuff out, both throwing it with their hands, and then they have these little chum ball launcher things that they can uh, cast out and chum out in the middle of the, the pond. It's so cool. <laughs> and so it's it's like this, it's like NASA going fishing. And uh, they have all this equipment, all this stuff. And I must say, they did catch some pretty impressive perch. Yeah, pushing three pounds. Yes. Yeah. And that's a big, big perch. And they would, for bait, so once they got their, their chum out there, then they would take a whole, like, store-bought frozen shrimp, thawed out. Looked like they were cooked already. They would dip them in, in krill extract. <laughs> and then put them on, on a little octopus hook. And they would toss yeah. it out on carp rods. And they had little carp alarms and everything on them, and they would wait for these fish. And they're massive, so they knew it. And they kept saying, "Kraken!" It was a kraken fight. You know, it was just really great. Just, you have to watch the video. Watch the whole ten minutes. It's so good. Yeah, very good. So that that's probably the best one this week on Fish Nerd Nation. We there there were some other ones there where some kid is uh, getting getting eaten by fish. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, other typical fish nerd yeah. stuff. So really good stuff. Um, you know the, so the bigger stupid. news, though, for for the Fish Nerd Nation, is yeah. is what happened with us on iTunes this week. That's right. So, um, being good iTunes people, we were uh, checking out to make sure that the post went up, that our latest podcast went up, and I I was looking to see in our category, which is sports. I went to the sports genre because Dave and I are and- finely tuned athletic machines. <laughs> That's right. When you look at us, you think, man, those guys really work out. <laughs> this body just doesn't happen. Thank you very much. Um, so, earn anyway, it. The, <laughs> um, so under, under sports, there is a new and noteworthy section. And right next to John Sally, the basketball player, his, uh, his new blog is the Fish Nerds, or at least was the Fish Nerds. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, so thanks to the algorithms that are iTunes that selected which ones, and I think we have to thank our fans for writing so many reviews. We definitely need to thank our fans for writing reviews and keep doing it. Yes, because then that will get us above John. Sack. Yeah, screw so. him. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so uh, that was that was really nice. New and noteworthy on iTunes is Fish Nerds. Yeah, and so while you're thinking about iTunes, if you haven't already done it, go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, 
Give us a five-star rating. That's the right answer. Okay. <laughs> That's the right answer. And make a few comments. Uh, let me read you a couple that we've gotten this week. Uh, here's my here's one we got from a guy named Koifish15. No, he's the black market. <laughs> he is. Guy. He's a... Uh, he gave us five stars, which is, of course, what we asked. Uh, he writes, great podcast, guys. I'm from Texas and have no idea what y'all are talking about half the time, but I've enjoyed listening. I guess us fish nerds are the same no matter what we're catching. Keep it up. So, oh. nice. <laughs> that is nice. And he's right. Fish nerds, that's one of the things that amazes me is fish nerds crosses all cultural boundaries, all age, all this stuff. If you're a fish nerd, You'll like fish nerds. Yes. Here's another one. Uh, great cod podcast. This is from Kate Cod Canal Eddie. And uh, he wrote, <laughs> This is a very funny couple of good guys who like to fish and have some fun on the water. This podcast is wonderful. and Because uh, he heard the Wonder Border. Uh, it's wonderful. <laughs> and I was wondering... <laughs> if I pray hard enough, do I really have to wait five hours before using my Wonder Boner? So, <laughs> great review there. And please, keep them coming. We love it. It makes us feel good. We don't get paid to do this. No, We're we don't. We're giving you an hour or better of reasonably good entertainment. <laughs> the least you could do is log on to iTunes and hit a comment and give us some positive review. Make us feel good about it. Don't make us come after you for money. <laughs> that, yeah, that that's not, not good. No. Um, but also speaking about giving it away, yeah. um, we are now getting ready to appear regularly on WMWV 93.5. Yeah, that's not Washington Valley Radio. So. Yeah, do they have do they have a slogan like the voice of the uh, 93.5 is music without boundaries. Ah, oh, see, we're part of the not boundaries. We are not part of their boundaries. So, yes. uh, it's, it's actually a great station. They play a huge variety of music on it. Uh, and they have asked us to put together a little, little one minute, uh, fish nerd segments for them to play in heavy rotation all summer and next winter. So, fish nerds will be on the radio. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Watch, watch out, Rush. We're, we're coming. We're coming for you. one minute at a time. <laughs> So that's really very exciting. good. Yeah, and it's being sponsored by uh, Andy's Bait and Tackle up in Bartlett, in Bartlett, New Hampshire. Bartlett, Bartlett, Bartlett New that's Hampshire. Probably Steve from Bartlett. So we thank you, Steve, for that. Although we're not getting any money. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, speaking of sponsorship, we are in. We are looking for sponsorship. We would like your money. Uh, so if you have something you need to promote and you want to promote it on our radio, our radio show, on our uh, podcast. Or on our website, and you want to advertise with us, just contact us at advertising at fishnerds.com, and we will send you a rate sheet and give you a good deal. And if you're our first person, we get the best deal because we're desperate. <laughs> so, <laughs> not to come off too desperate or anything. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Somehow I just got a flash of. Of you dating in high school. Oh, I was the worst. <laughs> you know, I was like, really? can you just you pretend? Be just great. pretend to be my girlfriend. How about that? <laughs> yeah. well, no, you won't do that. No, okay. <laughs> Guess I'll. All right. <laughs> I was wondering if maybe you want to go to the dance. No. Okay. No. no. Okay. <laughs> no. You want to go to the prom? No. You got? Oh, you going Dutch? You got a friend? You going with? Yeah. Oh, you like me? I'm a great guy. I'm funny, and someday I'll make a girl really, really happy. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was such a sad kid. <laughs> but you could juggle. But I could juggle. And you would think, <laughs> you would think that would just bring the ladies in. <laughs> but no. no. So sad. No parties for me. <laughs> All right. So that concludes our Fish Nerds podcast. Was, yeah, we got through it. Despite your exhaustion. I know. I'm, I'm delirious <laughs> now. After this, I kind of fall down. Sure. But, uh, but, I, but I have that worm smell too. Mm. So I've got to take a shower. Yeah, but your wife's away. You don't need a shower. You just go to bed. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, smelling bad. Go to bed, smelling bad. <laughs> so. All right. So this is Fish Nerds. We still don't have an ending. No, but we do want to remind you if you haven't already liked our Fish Nerds page on Facebook or subscribed to our podcast, uh, please do so. Uh, and it would we really appreciate it. So do those things. And that will be our ending. All right. So until next time, this is the Fish Nerds. We're out. See you later. Thank <laughs> you.